Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, we're going to look at verse 1 through verse 20. And I know this may be probably a familiar passage for many of you. It's the story of Joseph and uh, after he's sold into slavery by his own brothers and all that takes place there. And then when the Lord takes and puts him in the home of Potiphar, the Egyptian leader, and all that takes place. There's so much here for us today to, to be able to learn. And I've titled the message, Making the Right Choice. Making the Right Choice. Uh, for Joseph today, we pick up in the story where Joseph is seen making the right choice when it comes to sexual sin. And right now we know that sexual sin is just rampant. Uh, sad to say, but in the church and all through the world, it's praised in the world. It's just crazy how Satan is using it. But I do want to throw this disclaimer out there today. If you're here today and you're like, well, man, I don't struggle with sexual sin. Well, guess what? These same principles that we're about to learn right here will apply to any area of your life that you can make the right choice to choose to be uh, who God wants you to be. Amen? So Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through verse 20, the scripture says this, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. I'm trying not to preach on verse 3, but verse 3 is a, a man is an amazing principle and message, isn't it? How this lost Egyptian leader saw the evidence of God in Joseph's life. Amen? Verse 4, So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except for the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and he, she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph, day after day he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was in there inside. She called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came unto me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that, I raised my voice and screamed. He left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words. The Hebrew slave whom he brought to us came into me to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now when his master heard these words of his wife, when she spoke to him saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. 
So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. Father God, we come to you. And Lord God, we just ask that you'd speak to our hearts as it's already been prayed, Father. We just pray that you'd speak and... Lord, each one of us would listen. God, I just pray you'd supernaturally open our hearts, our minds, and our ears today to hear what you have to speak to us, Lord. And God, I pray that, Father, we'd do more today than just listen, but we'd be, as your word has instructed us in the book of James, to be not just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word today, Lord. That we would, Father, God, apply it to our lives. We would respond in obedience, whatever you speak to our hearts. Father, I pray that you would just cleanse me if there be anything in my life today that would Hinder me from speaking your word. And Father, I just once again rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Plead the shed blood of Christ over this place. And we want to say we love you and we thank you, Father God, for giving us the opportunity to worship you today and to be under the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So today as we think about making the right choice and we look at Joseph's life, there's so many things here, but I want to just kind of narrow it down to really five things that we can look at. And I just said that five things that kind of give some of you hope. You can start counting down, right? Because sometimes I'm, I'm mean. I start picking on y'all like I got 12 more points. And some of you are like, oh gosh, no, I can't handle it. So it's only five today. But five things really that we can look at in Joseph that will help us learn how to make right decisions in life. Number one, don't let circumstances cause you to sin. Don't let circumstances cause you to sin or make their own choice. Listen, we look at verse 1. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, listen to what it says, bought him from the Ishmaelites. Well, Joseph is an Israelite. Joseph is supposed to be somewhere besides in the possession of the Ishmaelites and then sold into slavery to the Egyptian Potiphar, right? So we understand that Joseph has been dealt a pretty bad hand right here, right? He had been done very wrong. In fact, as you study the Word of God, his own brothers sold him into slavery. His own brothers came up and concocted this lie that a wild beast had killed him. They bring back the jacket, if you remember, that his father had made him, this special coat. They bring it back to him covered in blood that they had gotten from an animal and make the father think that he's dead out of their jealousy, their rage, and all that pride. And so now he finds himself as a slave. And so you know what Satan would have loved to have happened? For Joseph to say, look to himself and to his flesh. I've been a victim all this time. I've been abused. I've been taken advantage of. My own brothers have betrayed me and sold me into slavery. So why not be able to commit this sin? Isn't that how Satan often in our flesh communicates to us? You deserve this. You deserve that. You should do this because, you know, you have been done so wrong. In fact, we live in a society right now, am I right, that we live in this victim society. Everybody can do everything they want under the sun because of something that happened to them in their life. This evil, wicked, demonic, and I'm going to say demon-possessed. Lord, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe demon-possessed young man just the other day that killed all these innocent kids. Did you not read some of the garbage that was written? He was bullied, it said. Now listen, I'm not making light of being bullied. I know that that is reality, and I know there are kids, and maybe some of you here have been or are. I'm not making light of that at all. But he made the choice to enter into a demonic, 
wicked, tragic moment. I mean, he chose that. And so listen, we've got to get past this. Well, this happened in my life, so that caused me to do this bad thing or that bad. No, you chose to do what you did. Amen? Everything we do is a choice. And we can't let circumstances steer or direct us to do something we shouldn't do. Man, I, I, and we keep, this is a, without a doubt about sexual sin here. And I've sat in counsel with so many men and women that have been married and entered into adulterous relationships and they always want to say, well, my spouse didn't do this or do that. Well, deal with that. But you don't have an excuse to go out and sin against God and against yourself and your marriage because of something that happened in your life. And it's the same in our life anywhere. No matter what we do, if you choose to do wrong, it's not because of your circumstances, it's because you chose to do it. Amen? Now your circumstances, the enemy in your flesh may have allowed that to help you, but it's ultimately your choice. So we can't let circumstances, our surroundings, dictate what we do or what we don't do. Amen? So we need to make certain we make the right choice and not let circumstances steer our directions. Second of all, don't let the blessings of God cause you to sin. Don't let the blessings of God cause you to sin. Listen to verse 2 through verse 6. It says, The Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man. We know he's been in a slavery, but here it is now. God just exalts him. He puts him in an uh, amazing place. He's, man, got leadership, everything else. It says, And he was in the house of the, his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight and became his personal servant and he made him overseer over his house and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all the things he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. And so we see that God's hand, even though he's walking through a difficult time, even though Joseph has been betrayed, God's blessings are all over him. This, I'm going to assume, most likely lost Egyptian leader sees God all over him. His house is even being blessed. His flocks are growing. Man, he's being blessed tremendously because of Joseph and God's blessings on Joseph. And I want to bring to your attention today that I believe today that Satan, he doesn't want us to allow the joy of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord to be our strength. He wants it to be our downfall. Do you believe that today? Listen, there's a passage in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Man, it's, it's almost as if it's, it's in the right place without a doubt. It's uh, no doubt God put it there and everything else, but it's like almost kind of a blip there where it's like, okay, wait a minute. It's in context and all, but, but it's such a, a, a state. Listen to what it says here, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You've been called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Do you believe today that you and I can be so blessed by God that we get to, get to a place to where we're just spoiled and we just kind of live and indulge in our own flesh and live how we want to live? Do you believe that? Without a doubt. I believe that God has no doubt poured blessings on all of us. There's different variables. There's different 
ways we've been blessed. Some of us have been blessed more than others, and, and I can't understand that or comprehend that either. God shows no favoritism, I know that. But listen, Satan wants to use those blessings of God to kind of distract you into serving yourself and even maybe think that you accomplished some of that on your own. That maybe some of the things you have right now, you got it on your own. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a hard worker and being successful and applying yourself and all those things. That's all great, but let me remind you, every one of those blessings came from Jesus. The very breath of life you have, the blood that's pumping through your body right now, came as a gift from Him. And the fact that you're still breathing and living right now is a gift from Him. Amen? And nobody can take it away. It's a gift from Him. And so listen, those blessings God gives us, they're not to be easily overlooked. They're not to be taken lightly. We need to be glorifying Him and making certain that our choices bless Him back. Amen? So don't let blessings be a downfall. I heard a story years ago. A friend of mine was a pastor and man, he had a guy in his church who had just felt led to go out and start this particular business and Man, it struggled at first like most businesses do, especially before the internet and it's word of mouth, man. And so this guy's building this business and he's got his pastor, a friend of mine, praying over him. You know, brother, I'll say brother Bill, you don't know, there's a bunch of brother Bills, so you don't know who I'm talking about. Can you just pray, God, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. Well, long story short, years pass and God blesses this man tremendously. In fact, he becomes a millionaire. It's a true story. He's just blessed crazy. Well, you know what happens? The business becomes God. The money becomes God. His attendance becomes less and less. And then he even sits down with my friend and begins to talk to him about the fact that, you know, does God really want me to tithe 10% on this kind of money? I mean, when it's made through a business and all that, you know, am I really supposed to do that? I'm not sure I can do that. And my, my buddy, who's kind of got a little bit of a light side to him as far as joking, but he's also in your face kind of day, he said, well, I can pray for God to take it away so you don't have to tithe as much if you want me to. But think about it. Isn't it so true? Man, the, the most vulnerable times in my life is when I feel the best, my bank account's got the most money in it, the least amount of problems. That's the, isn't that crazy? But that's the most vulnerable times in my life when I... I'm the most likely to walk away from the Lord or ignore Him. Am I right? Are you the same? Isn't that crazy? We can be so blessed by God. Man, health, just be filled with the blessings and joy of the Lord. And that's when we're the most likely to walk away. And it often makes us thankful for those difficult valleys we walk through because it reminds us of how good God is. Amen? So don't let the blessings of God cause you to stumble or make the wrong choice. Third of all, we don't deserve anything, right? Third of all, don't let position cause you to sin. Don't let position. He says this in verse 8. I've already read more than once the fact that God had put, or, or this Egyptian leader had put so much in his charge. Verse 8 and verse 9 continues that. It says, But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. He's put all that he owns in my charge. This guy is uh, managing a tremendous estate. Uh, man, he has got so many workers in his charge. I mean, he has got some position of authority. Verse 9, There's no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you. He, he, uh, because you are his wife, 
how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? And so another way I believe often that the enemy gets his way and causes us to sin and give in to temptation is position. Man, we see Joseph in an area of authority, success. He's the leader. He's the manager. He's everything. He's got all the titles, if you will. And you know what Satan often will do with that? Is all that can go right there to that head, or we'll believe this lie. Listen, this is one of the biggest lies Satan tells businessmen and businesswomen uh, out in the world. Well, all that you get caught up in, business trips, you may have to go drink, you know, just social drink with somebody at the table. Uh, you get to this, you know, or, and even sexual sin. Man, people, this lie, I'm about to tell you, Satan uses it. Well, you know, you, you, it's just part of it. You've got to do that. It comes with the territory. You ever heard that said before? Well, it just comes with the territory. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Sin never just comes with the territory. Sin comes as a result of a choice. God gives us position of leadership and authority for His glory, for His kingdom work, for His gospel to go forward. Amen? I don't know if you've been reading and listening here lately, and most of y'all know that I've been uh, in Southern Baptist churches for the biggest part of my ministry and in, in my life as a child of God. And right now, man, I'm telling you, there is stuff being exposed left and right, sexual sin from authority figures. And I don't know what's true and what's not true. I promise you some of it's not true, but I promise you some of it is true. And I promise you the majority of these preachers got bogged down and they entered in that sexual sin, and I promise you, majority of them, they thought this. Well, I deserve this. I've, I've given myself, and I worked so hard. You know, there's some lie along the way that they believed, and it's often in that sense, isn't it? I deserve this, or it just kind of comes with the territory, you know, or whatever. And I'm telling you, I don't know, I heard a statistic years ago, I can't remember exact, but man, a statistic of, of how many... In uh, these cities where a lot of the different business meetings would happen and then often even during like the, the conventions with churches and stuff like that, the motels would give a statistic of how much pornography was bought in those time periods. Sexual sin. And it's always a lie, isn't it? Man, God gives us position for His gospel, for His kingdom work. Not for us to just, well, it comes with the territory. Man, Man, I'm telling you, every cheerleader captain, every football captain, every person out there, man, the leadership God and position He gives you is for His glory, not for us to indulge in the flesh. Amen? But not just position and authority and, and things of that nature, but also position and age can be a stumbling block, can it? For the young person... And, and I've preached on this here before. You remember me preaching on Josiah? Anybody remember that? Preached on Josiah at the age of eight, being a warrior for the Lord, man, being used by God. Listen, often it's backwards, man. We let age be a barrier, don't we? Or a stumbling block because for the young person, it's always this, this lie. You're only young once. How stupid is that? You're only young once, and so we're going to do things that are going to scar us for life. 
sometimes take our life. I'm telling you right now, I've got young people, and I should have been a statistic, but by the grace of God, I'm still here alive. But I've got people that's in my life, Christina knows some of them, that are right now no longer here. They're dead because you're only young once and you're making decisions that are foolish. Young people, it's so stupid, man. We can't make decisions based on, well, you're only young once. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Man, I've got a, a cousin right now. It's my wife's cousin. She is 17 years old. And she got a sports car at the age of probably 15, maybe even younger than that before she had her driver's license. She's spoiled, by the way. My kids are too, but I hope it's the right spoil. I don't know, because we spoiled by Jesus, amen? But we ain't supposed to be spoiled brats. You've heard me say that, right? But she got this sports car, man, and just here about a year or so ago, She's out there being young once, racing, doing all kinds of goofy stuff like that, and wrecks, terrible wreck, kills one of her best friends. They've been friends since they were born, pretty much. She just got sent before a judge, house arrest. Okay, I'm talking about it's bad, because you're only young once, right? Drive fast, do this, do that, do that drug, drink that alcohol, have sex, do all those things. You're only young once. No, that's a lie from the devil, amen? We've got to make certain for the very point we recognize who Jesus is and hopefully get born again that we're here to honor him and bring glory to him. So don't let position of age cause you to sin either. And I can't leave us off, us that are not young anymore. I don't consider myself young either. I'm sorry, I'm sad. But we know what our lie is, don't we? For the older people, it's this. Well, I've already done my part. I've already served my time. I already did, you know, man, I've already worked with the youth. I've already worked with the kids. I've already did my part. It's time for someone else to. And then we just kind of slip back and not be used by the Lord when we're most desperately needed now, amen? Those of us that have served and more experienced, you senior adults, you're more needed than you've ever been. Your wisdom, your experience is needed in the young people's life. And so don't let the age, position of your age, cause you to be inactive or out of the Lord's will. And then last of all this morning... We see, don't let circumstances cause you to stumble or make the wrong choice. Don't let the blessings of God, don't let position, and then don't let persistence, Satan's persistence cause you to stumble. Notice what he says here in verse 10. It says, as she spoke to Joseph day after day. You hear that? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her. Do you know that Satan is very persistent? That he never fails. That he never drops the ball. He never, I don't know what it is about us. Sometimes I think we really think that Satan's kind of a gentleman. That he's going to, you know, kind of beat us up and get us in a rut of sin and then kind of be like, okay, all right, I got him where I want him. I'm just going to kind of give him a breather. No. He is so persistent. It says day after day. Satan is coming after us every waking moment. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. Not every waking moment. He's coming after you 24-7. I promise you, he's working while you are sleeping. That's why you better pray before you go to bed, have a cleansed mind, go to bed, meditate on God's Word, because Satan's coming after you day after day after day after day. He's doing everything he can. I'm telling you. And her persistence... Satan wanted it to break Joseph, to make him get to the point where he gave in. But it didn't work, amen? He didn't let the enemy's persistence 
break that barrier for him to enter into sin. I'll tell you a story that kind of happened to me years ago. Man, I graduated from, how many of y'all remember the flip phones? I had not the razor, but the crazer. I loved that thing. Man, I had scotch tape holding it together. That's a true story. And I'll never forget when the flip phones were kind of going out, they weren't free anymore, that you had to pay for them. Well, something similar to the crazer on Louisville Avenue at Verizon at the time was all tell was 200 something dollars. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, sir, this iPhone right here is free with a two-year contract. iPhone 4. I was like, I don't want no stupid smartphone, but I don't want to pay 200 something dollars. And so I got the smartphone. Well, then time progresses. I'm like, well, man, I do like this phone. I can answer emails. I can do this and do that. And man, there's YouTube. There's this. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool, you know? Well, listen, this happened. This has been years ago. I saw an email from someone I did not recognize. But I saw in the email, in the list of address deal, was several different preachers I knew. And so I opened it up, and there's all these little goofy things. You know, it may be one minute, there was a picture of a, of a big tree in low light situation, and it's talking about this is uh, before sunrise, and it looks like this big giant deer, and then after sunrise, it's just this big tree. You know, stuff like that. And then it'd be, I think we call them memes now, then I don't know what they were called. And it was just funny stuff. Well, then one day, listen, a few months down the road, I opened an email from this gentleman, and it was entitled, Why I Wrecked the Limo. I'm just going to be open with you today, amen? I'm just one of those guys, I'm on. I don't have any secrets. So I opened this email, and it says, why I like to wreck the limo, and I open it up, and in the backseat of the limo is a bunch of naked women. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I trash it, but you know what happens? He keeps sending emails. And you know what I want to do? Just to be honest with you, I'm like, I want to open up, see what it is. And so I'm like, i got to do something. And I, my wife, I told her about it. And so we block it. Uh, or I don't remember, block, block the caller or block that contact or whatever. And do you know, just here in the last few weeks, I finally got to where, because what happened, talking about Satan's persistence, man, that thing would still show up. I would still get emails from this guy, and I don't know whether they're bad or good, but it would just show a red thing, with the, like the, the red circle with a line through it, but I still would get them pretty much every week. And I, I'm telling you, as God's my witness, man, praise God, I would slide and delete them, but I'm like, what in the world? My daughter, Madison, who's on the mission field in California right now, I had her look at it one time and let pass to not try to figure it out how to get off there, and she couldn't ever figure it out. I had it blocked, and it would do that red circle thing or whatever, but it would still come in my emails. And here's what's crazy, because I can get emails from people that I know, and if I don't read them and just delete them because I already know what it is, they'll start sending them to my trash. But not this one. That's just how persistent Satan is. And by the way, my wife did finally figure something out here a week or so ago, and I don't know what she did, but she did something. But I'm telling you, Satan is so persistent. So persistent. I'll tell you another one just to show you how he works, man. Uh, Talking about YouTube, I used to have the YouTube out, and I love to watch hunting, my guys, and some of my guys like, and man, I'd be watching a bow hunt, or my buddy, Casey Johnson, is a preacher friend of mine, he's got a YouTube channel and everything else too, and then, so I had that on there, and I'll never forget, it was a, a tagline or something for bow fishing, 
So I'm like, well, yeah, bow fishing. I've done that before. I've only done it a couple times. It's pretty cool. I click on it, and guess what? Well, there's ladies bow fishing in bikinis. And so I'm like, all right. So I took the YouTube channel off, our YouTube app off my phone. But my point is, listen, Satan is very persistent. He's coming after us. He's not going to quit. He's going to do everything he can. Amen? He's coming after us to destroy us, to ruin us. And as I said a while ago, man, if you don't struggle with sexual sin, praise God. But I promise you, you struggle with something. He's got your number. He knows what your weakness is. He knows what it is. Is it gossip? Is it overeating? I hate to say that too because I like to overeat myself. Amen? And I don't like to eat healthy either. told you, I'm just kind of honest. But he's persistent. It says day after day. And he's coming after us. Amen? And we've got to make certain that his persistence doesn't wear us out. It just strengthens us to lean on the Lord more, to be victorious in every choice we make. And then last of all, I lied to y'all just a moment ago. I thought I was already at number five. But last of all this morning, don't let the matter of not being above reproach cause you to sin or cause you to stumble. Don't let the matter of being above or not being above reproach cause you to stumble. Joseph, until this point, has done everything 100% perfect. I'm talking about he's knocked it out of the park, hasn't he? He's, man, I'm talking about an example that is amazing. And, and I want us to think about this just for a moment. Talk about sexual sin. This woman most likely was a knockout. So she was a model probably. She's someone who was lined up with Potiphar, this Egyptian leader. It wasn't like they met in high school or something. No, this was something that happened. He was given her most likely and she was most likely beautiful. And he stood the test, didn't he? Joseph did amazing, and then he failed miserably. Do you catch it? Do you see what he did? Listen to what happens. He went where he was not above reproach. He went where it was his word against her word. He went where she can concoct any story he wanted, and he couldn't argue with it because it was just him and her, right? He went where he shouldn't have went. He went where there was no, no witness. He went where, man, Satan got all the glory and was able to do destruction. Verse 11, it says, Now it happened one day that he, and there's a whole sermon right there on that statement, isn't it? Now it happened one day. Man, my first think, thought I think right now, Casting Crowns has got a song out. I can't remember the title of it. But, uh, man, it, it, in that song it talks about a lady who is, trying to physically get in shape and everything else for her husband and everything else. And in that song, it says, just as a young man catches her eye. Then it happened one day. I know someone in Houston, Texas right now, you spin our church, same story. This woman got a personal trainer, and guess what? Seven, eight months later, guess who's together? That man's wife and the personal trainer. Then it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household were there inside just him and this woman that has day after day pursued him and pursued him and listen because I'm that guy I'm always like analyze everything you, you may say well he didn't know that she was in there by himself I believe he did because it says that he was in charge of all the men he directed them he was the one who told them to do this and do that and who was out working and who wasn't what there he knew I believe with all my heart and still chose I'm not saying he had and we see he still flee and ran from her praise God but he still chose to put himself in a situation where the accusation could go forth and he couldn't do anything but say I didn't do it 
says, none of the men of the household were there. And then she catches him by his garment, and we know the rest of the story. And he leaves. Praise God, he runs out the door. But still, this lie, this accusation, has ruined Joseph for this moment. We know the rest of the story, praise God. God delivers him in a miraculous way from prison and everything else and uses him in a tremendous way to restore the Israelites and his father, all that reunion, everything. Man, the famine that's going on. Read the rest of the story. It's amazing. But still, listen, Joseph made the choice to go somewhere where he shouldn't be. I've had people tell me all the time, they're like, well, Brother Greg, uh, I know you talk about gambling, but I go to that there boat down there sometimes. They got good food. I, I, you know, it's no big deal. How stupid is that? Why do you go there? Why would you go? Yes, restaurants that are, are doing things. And right now, man, there's so many businesses out there right now. You need to get on there at AFR and places like that and look at some of these people. Amazon, who right now is, is saying they'll pay up to $4,000 to take young women to go murder a baby somewhere where they'll allow it to be happened. They're saying they'll pay for it. I'm telling you, we need to watch where we go, amen, where we spend our money, what we do. But we've got to make certain that we truly dot all our I's, cross all our T's, I'm telling you, listen, as a pastor, I've never been alone with any woman in my entire life other than my wife without being in an office with a door open so people can see in because I'm telling you, not just because I know the accusation, but I, I don't trust my flesh. I love my wife, and I, I'm telling you, I don't plan to ever do anything wrong. But I, listen, why? Why put yourself in a position, amen? I, I did just lie to you. My boss... I was with his mom by myself in a vehicle several times, but she was 78 years old. And we had some good times going to her son's, and I'd go do preaching and stuff down there, and we'd ride together, but she's the only person. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, especially right now with all this garbage that's coming out. And we've got to make certain that we are above reproach. We're without blemish, amen, because Satan's after us. And he can't wait to tell lies. If you, man, if you're like Joseph and you did everything, you were perfect, and man, you were innocent, and you were, man, you were there to do the right thing. He still wants to lie on you and destroy your life. Amen. And you got to make certain you do all you can to make certain that he can't do that. Amen.